0: Hey everybody! Welcome to this episode of the Disc Golf Man, I am Bobby Cool Daddy Slick Breeze, and I have with me again Eric Oakley. Is that good? Uh, Is it? Yes. Okay. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it's good.
0: <laughs> and Robert uh, Topographical McCall. He's got a. If you're not That's watching, me. yeah. If you're not watching the live feed, he has a shirt that looks like Georgia. So the top. If I'm you're just flying. If that's over, not true. If you were flying over that's, Georgia, this is what his shirt would look like. No,
2: that is entirely that is entirely untrue. But um,
1: but they'll never know uh, if they're listening to this on the podcast. So. Yeah, but
2: envision that if you will, please.
1: And I, I'm I cutting Phyllis's that. head off with a chainsaw. <laughs>
2: Dude, excellent.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so we are back again. Now, last time we were live on Facebook. This time we were live on YouTube. Finally got the YouTube ready go up and going. Um, and we're working slowly to get things working and doing great. Um, hopefully you're enjoying the audio podcast. Hopefully you are enjoying the Degam Dailies and the interviews. I have an interview coming up with Hannah Macbeth um, and Drew Gibson, as well as a gentleman named Phil. I'm not even going to try his last name right now until I talk to him and figure out what it is. But he is an up and comer as far as getting out on the road and doing some touring. And I want to ask him a bunch of questions because I know a lot of times we get that question. What does it take to become a pro touring disc golfer? And so I want to get his take on what he has been doing and what he's going to do in 2022 to prepare for that. And I think a lot of you will get some valuable information on that. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, So make sure you're subscribed on that will not be on the YouTubes that will only be on the audio. So make sure you subscribe there to get that. Also, want to thank Door Disc for sponsoring this episode. We really appreciate their support. And then, if you want to, if you as the listener or the viewer want to support the show, make sure you go to Patreon.com/slash/dgam and uh, maybe throw us a few bucks, and uh, we can buy some tacos with that. That'd be much appreciated. Stick.
1: Let's go. Especially yeah. some torchy
0: tacos. You are interested? in Some torchies.
2: All right, so so much to closer to a torchies than I used to. Like, there's one like it's like twelve minutes. from.
1: That's awesome. It's f- like enjoy it. many hours. <laughs> from Multiple where I'm at hours. Now and still many hours from where I live.
0: When's the last time you true, went true, out to true. one, Robert? Uh, Two days ago. <laughs> unfair. <laughs> That's a He's un- just a
1: smart man.
0: Unfair advantage. So, what was it? Uh, anybody play any disc golf this weekend? I mean, we know Eric did. Right? I did. did you play disc golf, Robert? This is... Two weekends in a row that I played disc golf,
2: guys. It was awesome. Was it? Uh, I went to, um, yeah, it was. My uh, uh, Shay and Owen were out of town. They were seeing an old friend of Shay's. And so I was living the bachelor life for the weekend. And um, uh, yeah, a guy that I had talked to a little bit on Instagram, um, we had a mutual connection. He just said, hey, I'm going to go out and play at Met Center. Do you want to go play? And I was like, yeah, I got nothing else to do. so we went out and it was a blast. Uh, we had a good time. I, I didn't play that great. I parred the first like seven or eight in a row, but uh, a few birdies here and there, a couple bogeys as per usual. It was a good time though. Uh, I threw the rive a lot. I hadn't thrown those before. They're pretty good. I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a very good mold.
2: Mm -hmm. Very Mm -hmm. good mold. Yeah. Even for, even for a noodle like me, it's, uh, uh, it still gets some good distance. It's not, it's not so overstable that it just dumps out, but mm-hmm. it's not prone to flipping either. It's, it's good.
1: Yeah. I didn't see much, much difference between that and a Raider when I was testing it, but I have seen uh, Tristan Tanner to Emerson Keith to a lot of guys. Connor O'Reilly throws them well too. It's just that except they're able to put, put some good moves on it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, again, it's, it's, I have enforcers, I have raiders that it's just hard to put a mold like that in, but definitely sure. intrigued by it. To say the Yeah. Least.
2: I th- I think it's worth a, a test with the new, like the first runs or whatever they are.
1: Mm-hmm. I think they
0: feel really good. So yeah, yeah, check them out. Oh yeah. I got to play oh. a little disc golf uh, with Eli, which was fun. Uh, other than that, I didn't do yeah, much did. else. Did I do anything else on? No, I ended up, it was a pretty busy weekend, but doing a lot of like help around the house. At my family's house in Oklahoma. And then, do you ever do that? Where you like, what did I do yesterday? I don't even remember what I did yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: I do that all the time.
0: I did go. Oh, I did go watch uh, one of my grandkids play some baseball. And then I celebrated uh, my middle daughter's birthday. So that was fun. So I got to do that. Okay. So Eric, you, what about your weekend of disc golf?
1: uh usdgc mm-hmm. uh was, was it was okay uh i didn't didn't have any aspirations of doing anything too crazy but that's been the light that's been kind of the mindset that i've had for the last a uh, handful of events well three events boxwood music city and usdgc and it it paid off uh, i had a really great attitude um outside of a, a couple things that um felt out of out of uh just out of my hands in, uh, how the holes play, how the rules are, are, are played. Um, it, uh, uh, at Winthrop where it's just like, man, is this, is this what we're trying to do? Is this the direction we want disc golf to go? And it's like really hard for me to not think about that while I'm playing and starting to also just be like, yeah, it's fine. Everything's good. Everything's awesome. I don't care that I just took a double bogey. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Uh, but uh, I outside of one bad round and that was the, the very, very rainy, wet, windy round uh, in round three, where I erased all of my under par strokes in one round from rounds uh, <laughs> one and two. But uh, it, uh, but that's the thing is like a five over in those conditions. And two, I had a double to finish the, the round on 18, which is a very, I just had slippery hand evader straight OB after my sidearm went OB off the tee. And I was like, how you six that's a 100 percent how you six and uh so it was a bit of a bummer but uh finished well would climb myself back into the cash keeping a good cash streak going at the usdgc which is cool it's not easy to do um but i'll take whatever money i can get from from that event and uh you know seeing how it played out on both the women's and the men's side holy cow i know we'll probably touch on that a little bit here but it was awesome. It was a cool feeling, and to see the type of uh, getting spectators out there again because last year USCGC was weird, and this year USCGC felt really cool. I, you know, I uh, it put into a perspective of how cool it was to have people like you know, teeing off from Pensacola, Florida, or from representing Florida, Eric Oakley, and then there were a lot of people lining on hole one where they could have been walking with anybody at that point, but they were they came and you know cheered and. Did that and we saw a lot more pockets on the course on different holes too it was awesome usdgc was great and i felt good about it so that was my weekend.
0: good good yeah we're going to talk a little bit more about usdgc some of the shots that i saw out on the videos i did not pay to watch and we'll actually get into that a little bit later as well Uh, but i did get to see some clips that uh, pdj and disc golf network uh, posted out there there's some pretty cool clips Um, but before that let's get to a few questions you guys ready Say that for that. Do you even care about disc golf if you didn't pay to watch? Uh, already got it. Just, just kidding. No, no, no. Are I'm, just just gonna in gonna into it.
2: I'm just messing. I know. I
0: know. Um, so guys, as always, go to disc com. You can submit your disc golf question there. You can either do it by the Google form or if you want to send in your voicemail, we are doing speak pipes. Yes, I said it correctly this time. A lot of people, <laughs> I've had people message me saying they just want me to do speak pipe to make to see if I can still say it or not say it. So in your face, I said it. To be fair, I thought you said "speed pike," so that's just <laughs> what I heard. Just wait till uh, uh, a few episodes down the road. I'm sure I'll mess it up.
1: I, I honestly thought he was saying "speed trike," like <laughs> a, like fast tricycle. The whole, yes, whole
0: yep. the whole time. Speed pike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. freak nike. So that's basically what we use. Um, anyway, Sweet so you, Nikes. Yeah. thanks, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> Street Nikes. We're giving away street (laughs) Nikes. Um, You can make sure you send your questions and we will get them on the air. The first one is from Joey. Joe, how you doing? That's the Joey. It's Joey from. um, Hey, hey, how how you doing? How you doing? Actually, this is an interesting question. And one that um, it was from last week that we just didn't get to. But uh, I knew this question would come. You ready? After leaving Dynamic Discs, do you or Robert throw any other company's plastic? inquiring minds want to know I can tell you right now no I mean I've only (laughs) I left the company a month ago and I left on good terms so it wasn't like I ran out to a store and just uh, bought a bunch of other manufacturers as far as like discs that I had I mean when I first started disc off I got associated with dynamic discs uh, part-time so and they had it wasn't shortly after I started working with them that they were starting to manufacture discs so that's Part of how they paid me was a bunch of Dymax discs and um, stock stamp discs. So I really didn't have a whole lot. Interesting. Oh, I wish I would have grabbed it. I think. No, I don't have it. Dang it. I forgot it. So I got a a message from that basket case in uh, Tulsa, the pro shop out there, that they had found one of my discs. And I thought, oh, cool. So I went by there thinking it was going to be something more recent. I was going through my mind. I was like, what did I lose recently? It was a disc craft nuke.
1: It was a first run. Nuke. Oh, it yeah, was yeah, a yeah, first right. run. Old nuke. one.
0: Yes. Super old one. And I'm like, I must've lost this probably 2010 or 11 or something like that. So that was insane. So no, I haven't, I haven't done any throwing, Uh, much of the discs I have already. So I haven't had a chance to th- try any other discs. And I don't know that any, there's a couple I want to try just because I remember people bringing them up and asking about them. Um, just to see how they throw. I know the the strike. I think is one that I remember thinking I'd like to try that one. Um, I want to see. I want to see why a Sexton Firebird is it really worth six hundred dollars? So I might just go grab a couple just to touch them and throw, see what they're all about. But I ain't spending six hundred dollars on a disc, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I love you, Nate Sexton.
1: They've sold for way more than that. Six hundred dollars is else? not. But yeah, there's been like three or four thousand sex dollar Sexton Firebirds. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Okay,
2: but Bobby, if you don't spend six hundred dollars, how else are you getting one?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just gonna run up and tackle somebody and hold it for a second and then give it back. I said, give me this. <laughs> just touch it. So what about you, Robert?
2: Um yeah, I have I have a, quite a bit of different stuff in my bag right now. I still have uh, still have some DD stuff in there for sure. Um well let me let me go through the bag. Um I, I have a couple of forces in the bag right now, um, just really overstable. Um, and honestly, it's not that they do anything that like a enforcer or a lucid iterator doesn't, um, but I know what those do, right? I've thrown those for a long time. Uh, it's been a long time since I've thrown anything else, uh, probably since like 2013 or so. And so I just kind of wanted to mess around and experiment a little bit. Um, I knew I wasn't going to participate in many tournaments this year. Um, I think I've I've played one so far and that'll probably be the only one that I play. Um, And so I told McCabe before I left, like I I appreciate everything that you guys have done for me, but you're going to kind of waste sponsorship dollars on me. If I were to stay on, I'm just not going to play very much competitively or otherwise. And so, so I, uh, when I left the team, I just wanted to see what else was out there. So I've got a destroyer in the bag. I have a wraith in the bag um the onyx is a really good disc it's really similar to a getaway or a thunderbird but it's it's kind of in that same realm uh, i have a firebird in the bag right now you're,
1: a, I, you're dead, I have you so <laughs> dead to me. it's like it's like i said it's
2: not it's not that i think it's better i just i i threw firebirds before i have thrown felons exclusively since just want to see what there is to see you know
1: there's nothing there's nothing it's just um
2: on. <laughs> and then let me let me think of what else I have in there. I've got um, I have a couple of buzzes in there. I re- used to really like the buzz. I have a rock in the bag right now. Really, really like the rock. Um, and then I have probably my favorite two molds that I have back in the bag are T birds. Um, I always really like the T bird, and I've got some sweet old T birds right now. Dear heavens, they're beautiful. Uh, and then one KC Pro AVR that is so beat up it was 175 now it's 168 it's lost the bead completely um and it's called the lotion uh one of my buddies in quite a a while ago named it that because it puts the lotion in the basket and uh god he named it that and it stuck and like more people than you would think should know about that knew (laughs) about the the lotion um so I'm still putting inside the circle and, you know, out to about 40 feet, I'm still putting first run wardens. Uh, but I have the lotion for like long jump putts and stuff like that. So I'm just messing around with some stuff. If I were to go compete, um, I'd probably throw some stuff. I'm a little bit more familiar with recently in the bag, but yeah, I'm just messing around seeing what's out
0: there. This is, this is, like I said, there's a few things I want to try out because uh, you know, as we're building this disc golf man, I want to be able to answer questions. You know, a lot of people say, you know, reached out to me and they said they really like hearing my advice because I'm the more the casual guy, the the lower skill level, and so I definitely want to try some other things out there so that uh, I can speak on them intelligently. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I do that now when I throw stuff, but I'm yeah. going to try to. I'd like to uh, at least give that that uh, that uh, uh, impression to people. So if there's something you want yeah. me to try. Uh, Post it on the Facebook group Disc Off Answer Man Facebook group and say, "Hey, Bobby, you need to try this particular disc. I think you'll like it." Yeah, and then you know, sure. throwing,
1: I've thrown most discs. Like if I'm ever playing with somebody, like if I play with Chandler, I play with Calvin, I play with Eagle. It's like I'm th- I'm throwing some stuff in their bag every once in a while. It's like it's fun to do. So it's yeah, like sure the right thing like to understand how discs fly because oh yeah, also it helps you understand you know how people are playing the game because if I know that Eagle is throwing this dd3 with this much power on that much hyzer and then i throw it flat and that's how i'm getting a similar flight it's like it just helps uh, us attack holes in certain ways and whenever we're hanging out in game planning i know that hey why don't you throw that other dd3 instead of that like you know it helps mm-hmm. us uh, help prepare a lot better also low yeah. key through the west side disc bear today that disc is pretty pretty sick what uh, is so- it uh, it's like basically supposed to be like stag pro. Okay. Yeah. I was able to like rip on it like an evader on Heiser and it would do like an escape or stag flip. But then it like when it got over, it would just hold, and then it was like because it was always waiting to like have a good hefty finish. So it was <laughs> like it it's like a where an evader and explorer are like straight, no like very little fade, very little play right. This is like a similar, it's faster, but it's like similar, but it's like, does it, does so in a much more S pattern. Oh, huh. that's cool.
2: That's cool. Um, Chaser reminded me too. Uh, I'm, <clears throat>
1: I'm living near Austin
2: and I know the guys who own and run Mint discs. I've thrown a couple of their discs hmm. um, and they've good, they've been good so far. I've, I've thrown yeah. the Bullet, I've thrown the Bobcat and the Alpha
0: and yeah, I've liked them. we are good. Nice. All right. next one comes from Heiser wizard Ooh. he says <laughs> what what jobs are being created inside the disc golf world where do you see the future needs being it's interesting that he brings that up because um since leaving dynamic discs it's made me explore different avenues of because i kind of went through a an epiphany if you will where uh, i had to make a realization that i left dynamic discs but i didn't leave disc golf so and before i uh uh, got hired with Dynamic Discs and got associated associated with, associated with them. I was trying to build a media business, Cool Daddy Slippery's, in the disc golf world. So, um, anyway, it's interesting now. Uh, Ten years, 10, twelve years later, seeing all this stuff happening with disc golf network. And of course, I know all the media side of things because that's what I'm involved in. But when you have the, you know, they're hiring a competition director, they're hiring social media managers, they're hiring, you know, they've got photographers on staff and different things like that. It's just really cool. One of the things that I'm looking to explore, shameless plug, if you're interested, is being like a social media coach, a coordinator, manager for uh, disc golf entities Dibs. out there. Um, Dibs. Dibs, yeah. So I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be experimenting <laughs> and working with a few players. Mr. Dibs here to Dibs. just kind of <laughs> just kind of see what it's like and that uh, to see if I can help them with their social media presence and, I'm going to turn that much like I did at the very beginning, turning social media into a career. I'm going to turn social media coaching and consulting into a career in the niche of disc golf. So what about you guys? Have you seen like things out there as far as like, wow, I didn't realize that would become a job or a career in the disc golf world.
1: Uh, Um, Go ahead, Robert.
0: I can speak to
2: that a little bit more from a, from a business perspective. Um, Yeah. I think that businesses now, especially, Disc golf companies are we're we're past the point of just being like, hey, we got discs. Here you have discs. There are a ton of moving parts that make disc golf companies work, mm-hmm. right? Um from, from their uh back-end developing to the marketing to um Amazon to Uh, like larger enterprise accounts. There are a ton of business opportunities that would allow you to work in disc golf without having to be either one, super knowledgeable about disc golf or like really good at disc golf when you get into it. Um, Or two, like having to be in in what we've known to be the normal jobs up until this point. So I think there are a lot of things out there um, that weren't even on people's radars a couple of years ago because disc golf is growing so much. So um, if you have a favorite manufacturer and you think that they're lacking in a certain area, almost all of them, you can find a contact online. Even if it's an info at something, if you have a skill set to show and you're passionate about disc golf, I think it's worth throwing, throwing something out there and just seeing what there is to see.
0: Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. I could see more. Agent type mm-hmm. uh, people getting into the sport. I think that we're seeing there is some of that happening. I'm planning on talking with a um, with a crew uh, this off season to help navigate not only um, is it my me? own sponsorship. <laughs> I mean, we can chat. Um, nice, okay. <laughs> but uh, I think that's one thing on the pro side. Uh, Bobby mentioned the the social media. I I do think. Uh, that there, if you're going to continue to run a big event, a pro tour or major, um, that that is almost a job, that's a job itself and should start to become a full-time job of uh, doing what Nate Heinel does uh, for fundraising, being able to make sure the courses are completely um, set uh and and locked down and are changing and evolving in the right directions and if they aren't there's uh ideas about getting new courses in uh in play uh in those areas like i think there's um enough to be done about making tournament directing a full-time job uh for more people and more people involved um especially with the uh, with Disc Golf Network and everything growing the sport and us getting on ESPN and CBS Sports and hopefully that becomes a a much larger trend that it, it's worth doing and it's a big part and it uh, has a bigger impact and uh, I, I've seen it from what we've seen at uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour events compared to national tours and this is just to, to not knock on national tours but national tours were generally run by volunteer crews um but when you had the disc golf pro tour they had their paid crew there so you at least had these i don't know anywhere from six to ten guys i think it might have only been six but um depending on uh the events they had these guys that were paid and they made sure the course looked good and they did all this stuff and they did that with volunteers um but uh a couple events had you know like uh Green Mountain Championships kind of run seamlessly because of the Smugglers Notch Crew, Ledgestone, same concept. Because um, Nate Heinold has his crew, D- uh, DGLO, DDO, Texas Ams, all ran very seamlessly. The only volunteer crew that I I saw that was that blew my mind was uh, Stumptown Disc Golf in uh, Portland, Oregon, and they they had the course broken down within an hour of the final putt. It was awesome. And it saved the pro tour crew a lot of time and effort. And it was just really cool to see from a volunteer crew. So with that being said, that's where I do see the um, things evolving and things changing uh, for, for jobs in disc golf, where I think you might be able to make being a tournament director, a full-time job. If it's not just one event, it can be multiple events. And I genuinely think they should be. Excellent.
0: So, yeah. Well, guys, let me describe a situation that I hear about a lot. It's the day of release for new limited edition discs from your favorite player. You're sitting at your computer or mobile device ready for the hour of release. You've got your credit card ready, your alarm goes off, and it's go time. You fill up your shopping cart full of your favorite disc, and you hit checkout, and boom, they're sold out. I know this happened a lot <laughs> with, with where I worked, so I know it happens a lot at other big stores as well. So here's my solution. I want you to look for stores, what I like to call sleeper stores, and one of those is DoorDisc.com. It's a small store. He's building it. Shane is building that store up. But right now, he's what I call a sleeper store, and they get the same limited edition discs just like everyone else. But not many people know about their online store. So you can get things like the James Conrad Special Edition Envy or the Drew Gibson Series Penrose. So the next time you're looking for highly sought after discs, check out doordisc.com and use code DGAM to get free shipping. That's DGAM for free shipping and get the best subpar disc off shopping experience on the internet. One of the things I want to talk about is we go back to USDGC and that's the payout discussion, right? So I got an article here from World where they state that this year's USDGC uh, awarded first place cash payout matching the all-time high of $20,000 that was set by the 2020 Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. And I know it sounds like a uh, a silly question, but I, I guess I want to hear from you, uh Eric, who's a guy out there may, you know, working to make a living playing disc golf. What does that mean to you when you see these events raising the bar with bigger payouts?
1: Uh I I I feel like they're <laughs> Kind of becomes somewhat of a uh, who's who's cooler contest because yeah. I know that's part of it is to you know trying up who's going to beat out shown who's going to beat out Worlds who's going to beat out uh, the Pro Tour finals. It's it, it starts to feel a little bit like that from a, a small perspective because if you look, I, I believe that the um, the lower places were much lower than they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I remember last cash getting close to like $500. And this year it was just over three. Um,
2: 288 uh, for the ties for 37th. Uh, but I think that went a little bit beyond since there were, it would if it was at 40%, I think it would have been $300. Uh, yeah. But since they had ties beyond 40 people, it dropped it down a bit.
1: When I saw yeah. When I just saw when it said 40th place got three, something yeah. three and some change um yep. so that that feels like uh is that is that the direction we do want to go and maybe we do need to pay the top heavier and i'm i'm fine with that because it, you know whenever i have those uh better finishes it's fine i i do make a lot more money um and uh i i think it's a good thing uh, I do think it's, a stroking the ego a little bit when we do that. And I know that that's, that's a little brash to, to say, but it, it is, is definitely one of those things and, um, understanding how many spectator passes, how many people, uh, bought into disc golf network, um, plus the Monday qualifying plus discs that were sold, uh, uh, it's it's I think it's more trying to understand what money is being converted into the payout and what money is being converted to pay for the event itself, and you know we talk about you know oh this is this is going to help you guys and go into your payout that's what we hear a lot, but I I don't necessarily see it completely that way and but I but I I do know that there is some especially on the pro tour side with disc golf network and everything they have that has helped boost. Uh, quite a bit of the payouts. Um, do I do I think that Innova did? I don't know. I, it's hard. And uh, the USDGC crew, do I think that they did? I do not know. It's hard for me to make a statement of fact without actually knowing. But um, getting up to 20,000 is awesome. And big Big props to um, to Paul and, uh, uh, and taking that down. Uh, so I hope that we can sustain numbers like that. And hopefully the payouts can go like, it can still be a 20,000 for first and maybe it's like a, a grand for last cash. Like, and we get to that point or, or the, that number goes even higher and we still have, you know, pushing close to a grand for, for cashing. And uh, especially at these major events to where everybody is still getting by. And uh, cause I do think that's what we want. Um, cause think about it. If uh, Kyle Klein didn't have the support maybe of his family and his sponsors, what if he was living paycheck to paycheck and tournament to tournament. And he only got $288 for last cash at a couple of events and was unable to travel to the USDGC because of that fact, you don't have this dra- dramatic playoff and thing happening. Now a player like Kyle Klein and a player who already won a pro tour should not have any financial issues. But, but that's my point is we're going to have these players that um, you know, you want to create stories around to, 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 to gravitate people towards. So, the payout working in, in deep in deeper ways could could be a very big benefit, but we do not want to um, forget that this is a competition, and the players who play better should get uh, should reap that reward as well.
0: Now, coming up this week is the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship, and of um, course, they've uh, boasted the another record breaking uh, purse of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. The winners of MPO and FPO each getting thirty thousand dollars, second place getting fifteen. Ah. Third getting 10,000 and fourth getting 8,000. And they say all players that compete at the event will take home at least 2,000 in MPO. And what oh, is that bad? 2,000 in MPO and 2,500 in FPO, according to the disc golf Pro Or no, according to another article from disc golf. Uh, Altie World. Robert, so a question I got is because, the reason I thought of this question was because I remember quite a few years ago where I would hear. As the Pro Tour started gaining traction and becoming a bigger, bigger deal, um, I would hear tournament directors of local A-tiers would ask to have some of our big name players on Team Dynamic Discs come out to their event. And we noticed that these players would stop playing these A-tiers because they would say, I'm going to devote my time to the Pro Tour events as it grows. So do you think as these bigger events Get bigger payouts. Is that going to hurt the local A tiers even more because more of the top players are going to want to play the top places that pay out the most?
2: Um. Yes,
0: but I'm not sure that's
2: bad necessarily. Okay. And I don't, this is, this is not, this is going to sound bad to if you are running a, you know, an A tier that's like an up and coming event. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone who is doing that, but If we're if we're trying to make the disc golf pro tour like, you know, the PGA tour or other other professional tours. Some events just aren't going to make the cut to be on this. And as a result, they're not going to have premier players show up. They might have some, um, which is which is awesome. And there is nothing keeping those events from. Reaching out to those players directly and asking if they can attend. I know that some places have paid uh, appearance fees mm. for people to uh, attend their event, and it, I think do whatever you do whatever you can to get those players out there. But that's just a natural consequence of the way things are going. Yeah, and so like, like it or not, it's something that we're going to have to deal with. Um, that, that's insane, by the way, payout for the players who are going to be at the pro tour finale that's awesome i mean even if you had Great a time. yeah even if you had just an okay year and were able to qualify you know with a couple of good finishes and you just play the worst round of your life you walk out with $2500 okay yeah, yeah. you you'd have had to finish uh the the tie for fifth place at USDGC uh that was Sexton Joel Freeman and Chris Dickerson they took home $2467 a piece if you show up and play 980 golf, you take home $2,500. That's pretty legit. It's nice. Um, yeah. So I, it is unfortunately a natural consequence that those uh, those A tiers, B tier, C tiers, they're not going to have the uh, top, top players necessarily. But if I'm running those events and I get a couple of those players, that's awesome. That's really mm-hmm. cool. But it also gives those local up-and-comers a chance to – make a name yeah exactly yeah. And exactly get, and get,
1: get prepared for what it's like to be on the tour a little bit more and have the funds to make it out there where if a pro shows up cleans up the top cash they do a skins match cleans up the skins and then has an appearance fee and then leaves it's like i mean is that really helping the local scene it, it is because right. it is bringing more people to the disc golf but it's also hurting some of the players that might want to give tour a try. And I think that we need more of those anyways. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and honestly, the events are going to speak for themselves. If, if an A tier is strong enough and uh, popular enough and has enough money, but players are going to show up, mm-hmm. but just disc, disc golfers, especially at the professional level are trying to make a living. And if you give them the chance to do that, especially this is kind of like uh door disc that you talked about a second ago, that some of these sleeper events, you know, maybe you, maybe you played USDGC and <clears throat> didn't play your best and uh, you cash, but you made 500 bucks. Well, that same level of play, maybe even a little bit better could get you $2,000 than an A tier. I yeah. mean, low,
1: low it, key though, if you are going to run one of these events and you want to attract players, stop playing three rounds on three courses mm-hmm. or yeah. two days worth of three courses. Like just don't do it. Like, I can't stress to you enough how much of a turnoff it is as a pro. If somebody's like, come out to our tournament, and I look at the 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 disc golf scene and I see three courses listed and I see the days that we're playing them, I will immediately disregard it. I, I'm I, and I don't play many of those events anyways, but I'm not about to go and travel and have three practice three courses to practice for an event that isn't bringing that much like a pro tour yeah. And if you notice. No Pro Tour plays on three courses outside of Vegas. And guess what? What the biggest complaint about Vegas is, we're playing three courses. So yeah. don't look at that as a, as a prime example. Look at the rest of the tour and why they're doing it. Similar to why nobody does the same rules at USDGC is because we shouldn't be doing it that and that so don't follow that follow suit of them follow suit of to the green mountain championships the Ledge Stones, the d glow the ddo those types of events follow suit there rather than these other outliers
0: i'm curious if you're this yeah. or i'm sorry go ahead robert just just super fast yeah.
2: I, I played an event a couple of years ago and i don't want to say the name of the event um but this happened this happens a lot uh but it was a two-day four-round uh event it was an eight Mm-hmm. And the quote that was said at the time, and like I said, this this isn't a shot against the people who organized it, um, but they said, um, like this is supposed to be hard. It's four rounds, four courses. This is supposed to be hard, and I, I understand what they're saying. And yeah. for some players, that's cool. Like if if you are the local guy who gets to play there all the time, you're the, the local 10-10 rated guy. You're gonna you're gonna be stoked about that. I I play all those courses all the time. Uh, but I think it's a bit of a shift in mindset from what we've had in years past. To say, on uh, for the more professional events, if you want to attract these players, this is one of the things that they're going to be looking for. They don't they don't want to learn more than two courses, it, it, if possible. And you have a fantastic course, one course is great.
1: Yeah, it's great. Give, give I highly option. doubt that those four courses were all top tier. I bet one oh, was probably a, a better than the other or two were better than the other two. I can't, that that's going to happen. There's no, there's very few places in the world to where you have three top class courses within that close of each other to make it work for, for an event. And right. if you do let us know, because that would probably be a great place to have a pro tour <laughs> where you put you know, you do what the uh, um, Ledgestone does, is where men are on this course and women are on that course, and then you and you kind of go like this. You do this shift where we play. You don't play all three courses for uh, for both divisions, but you play to split, and one of each. One of the courses shared. That's the kind of stuff that we should be doing. And honest, and mm-hmm. I love seeing more courses for the women where it's they have a course to them. And I honestly think that we should be pushing to have a pro tour women's event. And it's something that's been discussed where this event is for the women. It's a women's only disc golf pro tour event. Uh, that, you know, the course is theirs, the coverage is theirs. Everybody is focused in on them to, to help kind of uh, allow that to, to grow into something bigger. I think that would be right. a, a positive thing, but that's a whole another. Yeah.
2: One well, and sunset is such a great course for the ladies out there. So right? it, it plays so great for, for their games. Um, so I think that's wisely done. So uh,
1: Heather Hughes, I will is just put IDGC in the chat. Uh, Jackson is top tier. Uh, what, what's the other one? Uh, Steady Ed is probably one of the best women's or uh, women's course course I've ever played. As but it is it does not score well for the men. And Warner, from what I understand, is not going to score that well for the men. That's close though. Very very close. So
0: well, I'm curious to hear from if you're a listener, or watcher, uh, if you run tournaments um a a tier tournaments. I'm curious to know what your thought is as far as the payout. Does it make you does it make it a little more challenging for you to uh, draw in some of the the top pros or, you know, just a a pro that's an up and comer uh, that has a bit has created a bit of a name for themselves in the area. But now we'll want to travel to the, some of the big, big tournaments rather than playing the local tournaments. I'm curious to see what your opinion is. Send me a message on either the Instagram, Disc Golf Antriman Instagram, or on the Facebook Messenger for Disc Golf Antriman. I'd be curious to see, get your feedback on that. Yep. Um, so, uh, I also another question I thought was, well, payouts are growing. So, does that mean, does that encourage more people to get out and try to create a career out of disc golf so i actually put a little poll a very super scientific poll um ran through i liked it, it yeah very ran through a lot of testing and uh ran it through uh stayed at a holiday and express to make sure that my mind was right uh for this poll so anyway the poll was the disc golf pro Tour championships will have a record-breaking fifty thousand dollars payout including 30k to mpo and fpo winners does this inc- increase does this increase in payout encourage you to pursue pursue a disc golf pursue yes, disc golf as a career I had three choices no it's still not enough to give it another 5 years and I will be out there or yes I'm already planning my tour schedule for 2022 so, uh, let's see there was about uh, 80 100 a little over 125 230 votes 68 people said still not enough money 26 people said, give it about five years. And 22 people said, I'm already planning. Was that surprised me? I didn't know that many people would come in as far as comparing all the other numbers. They're ready to start their planning for 2022. A couple I comments. One of those votes. Do I? Uh? I was
1: already planning my 2022
0: season. Oh, so. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so, so some of the comments was, uh, they're not good enough. I started playing at 36 years old. These new guys have too much of an upper hand. That is kind of, a, I wonder if, you know, some kind of, I hear that often. It's like, if I had started that, if I had started disc golf now when I was young or whatever, they'd be a lot better. Uh, I mean, higher payouts don't help me place high enough to make money. It doesn't increase my desire or drive, but does increase the likelihood of success. Um, Let's see. What was some of the other comments? I've never, I'm never going to be best in my town or age group. So no impact on me. I just suck. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell it how it is. I guess. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, so interesting stuff. Again, if you want to put your vote in give us your comments, uh, get part of the conversation, find the Facebook group disc golf answer, man. All right, let's jump back into the Uh, question. No,
2: go ahead. Yeah. Can can I just speak to that real fast? I think, um, for the people who said, give it five years and I'll be out there. That's, that's the group that I think is going to be more impacted by this change than Mm -hmm. current Professional players, like current professionals, will because they'll make more money at each event that they go to. But think about players coming up, like Eagle and Kyle Klein and Gannon Burr. Like those are those are people that started playing when they were pretty young. Even when making a making a living in disc golf wasn't as viable as it is now. Like that's when they started playing mm-hmm. when it wasn't as viable. Imagine if it's becoming more viable what 10 year old kid is out there already kind of interested in disc golf and saying to his parents, like, I want to be a professional disc golfer. And in years past, they would have been like, no, you're going to go make money somewhere. You're going to go have a job. But now it's like, I mean, you could have a, you could have a mediocre touring season and do all right with, you know, with some help from sponsors with, right. Yeah. With, uh, (laughs) i mean minimal expenses like making sure you're not spending out the wazoo yeah um you you don't have to be in the top you know 20 30 40 players on the year to be able to live like you did in years past yeah. um and, and so 100%. i'm I think that next generation is going to be the one that benefits from this even more. And we'll see more players like those that I listed. Yeah. Anyway, you Rob- can move on. Yeah, I just wanted to say something. Agree.
0: Robert, you should, you should come party with me in Tulsa because on the weekends, I specifically spend out the wazoo. It's, oh, it, nice. It's, yeah, a good, yeah. it's a good here. time. It's a good time. Same here. <laughs> I, t- I take the wazoo and from, Outside of it is where I spend. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Next question is from Jay. Concerning that T with the pole sticking up in front of it, since it's the card that calls foot fault, could a card decide they don't like the location of the T box and all agree to throw in front of it and then they would not call foot fault on one another? The T has been quite controversial and I'm wondering if players could just boycott something like this. That's an interesting perspective.
2: Yeah, you know what? You absolutely can do that if you're playing match play. Oh. That's the only time you can do that. In match play, if whatever players are playing decide they're going to play a hole a certain way and both players agree, all bets are off. Throw from wherever you want, put to a different basket. Who cares? In match play, it is up to you the course that you play across the board. I mean, you can't like change a whole, a whole, whole lot of stuff, but there's stuff like that. But if you're talking a sanctioned event, absolutely not. You cannot nope. do that because yeah. it's, not just your, it's not just your card that's affected. Even <laughs> if it's team. your, yeah, even if your division only has four players and they're all on the same card and you're like, we're just playing for our own money, you're also playing for ratings. Mm-hmm. So there are far too many things that are complicated for changing something like that. So if you're playing match play, sure, go right ahead and do
0: it. If you're not, absolutely not, you can't do it. Nope. Sorry about that. Yep. Okay. All right. Fair warning. Uh apparently my camera's not set up correctly and the battery's gonna go out. So that's wonderful. Oh, all right. You. Next question is from Marion. Uh, dude <laughs> Why are felons so heavy? I usually I, I usually try to buy discs in the 170 range, but the lightest felon I can find is usually in 175. Is that by design or just some weird manufacturing quirk? I've finally built up my arm speed now that I am at the 10 10 month mark of playing so hopefully i can start ripping up some heavier weight disc. keep it real 2.0 <laughs> glad you guys are back good to be back by the That's way d- uh, robert was talking about how he's trying some different discs and i remember when i remember when he came in there it goes bye camera My camera. My camera.
1: We'll still be here. Nice. I
0: like how it froze on my face right there. Oh, that's a good one. Go ahead. All right. So I remember Robert coming in uh, when he was leaving. There we go. Webcam, baby. I remember Robert coming in to my office telling me that he was going to leave DD. You know, it kind of talked about it and everything and things that were going on and um she sounds nice <laughs> he was leaving dynamic discs
2: <laughs> not nice enough apparently And you know
0: <laughs> he was talking okay, about okay, how okay. things certain things uh that you know weren't going to be the same but i remember as he left he, he turned around as he he walked out and then turned quickly around and said but you know what the good part is i don't have to throw felons anymore oh so, here! <laughs> this
1: is filled up hey what? look <laughs> i did
2: I remember it like it was yesterday. That happened exactly like you said it. So
0: this that was it. Sorry, uh, worse. <laughs> that did that did not happen. I'm gonna that did uh, not happen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get that clip and share it with Melton. He'll love it. That was a good one.
1: Uh, I have seen I have uh, to answer the question. I have seen many felons, uh, 169 up into the mid 170s, like 173, um, in the Lucidex. Uh, they're much more far uh in between of the uh because of the amount that is ran where uh if they're trying to keep the weights on the higher end you're not going to have as much lower end but if they were to run 10,000 lucidex felons we would have a bigger variety of uh weights colors stamps that kind of stuff so um keep searching uh check a couple different other websites uh i guarantee i think there is even some yeah, I've I've seen plenty that are in that lighter weight range. Uh uh and if and if push comes to shove, trilogy ISO or any IS uh, disc golf ISO page on Facebook is a wonderful place to go to find stuff. Um somebody has a disc for you somewhere. And you can I've seen people post some of the most outrageous stuff. But yeah, please, 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 please go find them. You'll be happy.
0: Yes, and I'm just kidding, Pelons are an excellent disc. I just think <laughs> are awesome. Everybody just likes to pick I- on Eric. <laughs>
2: I enjoyed That's that fair. story. That that was a good one.
1: <laughs> I god, I didn't know where you didn't know it was going. going. <laughs> no, I had no idea. Played I was that.
2: racking my brain, like, what did I say? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, next question comes from Shay Stevens. Uh what's up, Bobby? Cool, Daddy Slick Beast, Robert, best hair in Texas, McCall and Eric. Is that good? Oakley. This is Shay from Philly. Typing out his questions since there isn't a speak pipe open. There is now, Shay. And I did it actually after I read this. I was like, I need to go do that. Anyway, he says, I'm mentioning speak pipe with hopes it will return and that Bobby will continue to struggle saying it. No, I struggle no more. I will struggle next week, though. (laughs) I began as a forehand exclusive player. And after learning to throw backhand from a local pro, I committed to six months of only throwing backhands to learn the form. At the end of six months, I forgot how to forehand. Dang it. I'm relearning forehand and I noticed I have very common misfire of about 5 to 10 degrees across my body. Any tips for correcting the course of my throw? Thank you and always keep it real.
1: Yes, slow uh keep your pace uh and power level lower than you think. Uh as you're rebuilding back up, your your muscles are going to be firing in a different way and more often my misfire when I pull a, a disc is because I'm thinking about a little bit too much uh too much extra power in the throw rather than focusing on the release point and hitting my line the best part about a forehand is that we are seeing the target and our aiming point the whole way through the shot because we never look away from the shot so in doing so don't overthrow because that's the most important part of why we like to throw forehands and um it just allow it to be easier uh, i pretty much never think or try and throw a forehand full power. Uh, it's always about 80%. Even when I'm throwing max distance, it probably creeps up to maybe 90% at most. Because the moment I go up to 100%, I know that I'm missing the angle, I'm missing the line, it's coming out fluttering. There's there's a lot of things that are going to go into that that are going to cause the throw to not be as good. So take the power off. Uh, focus on your follow through being forward first and uh, yeah, let it be good.
0: There you go. All right. Next question is a plug for me, which is perfect. This is from Drake. Just wanted to take your, get your take on what parts of like disc golf. Yeah. The Drake he's into disc golf now. Good. <laughs> what parts, what parts of disc golf social media are most important to expand your exposure? If there's an untapped market, you think people should lean into so happy to hear cool daddy slick breeze back on the air keep it forever my keep it real forever my dude drake i'm drake's dude man Dude, that's awesome <laughs> so yeah that's so grassy. that's yeah that's what I'm excited about i'm trying i'm getting into the social media consulting coaching business for disc golf i think there's a huge need out there for it um i still think a lo- there's a lot of the manufacturers that are uh bringing their A game to disc golf uh social media but i think a lot of players are missing the mark as far as realizing that that is a huge part of what they bring to a manufacturer um, as far as building a social following Um, is there an untapped market i i would say the untapped market is the fact that you've got players that are realizing that this is a big part of the value that they bring but they don't have the time they're they want to play well but they've got to realize that playing well is only part of the business of being making disc golf for career if you think that you can just play super, super really well and that be the only thing, I, I'm sorry, That's that the the business has changed. It's, it's different. You need to become what they call an influencer because that's what's going to attract you to a manufacturer. So um, I think it's going to become more and more where you're going to find out where some of these top, top players have people helping them. And then you're going to have these people that aren't quite the top, maybe mid-tier level that's trying to get to the top they're going to need that help. And they're going to have to make that investment. They're going to have to look at it as an investment to have somebody that uh, they can, they work on their game while I work on the social media game. And I help build their personal brand and almost become like a brand manager and help them so that when they do approach these manufacturers, they can say, Hey, I can play good, but I also have a lot of influence over on the social media side, because that's really important. As far as a specific Place. I mean, right now, you can't deny TikTok. It's goofy. It's crazy. But you can have somebody that has 100 followers have a video go viral if they just get the right video out there, go viral. And then their follower count goes up. And there is just something about the guys that create the algorithm at, at TikTok that they have just figured out how to make sure that you see things that are relevant to you. At first, it's going to just, when you first get into TikTok, it's just going to be craziness. And you're going to be like, what is this crap? But if you start following the right people, start looking at the videos, and start just spending a little time on TikTok, you'll notice all of a sudden you'll get surf stuff that just makes sense for you. Um, let's see, what's the, what was the other thing I was going to say about? Uh, oh, Engaging engage with your followers no more can you just post and hope that it catches on you've got to engage in a sense it's it's no it sounds funny but you've got to bring the social back to social media so you've got to engage with your people you got to talk with them you got to comment you got to like so go back if you post something you get people that like it make sure you go back and say hey appreciate you liking my stuff be cool if you you know left a comment or let me know your feedback or something like that and then start an actual conversation so that's the biggest. That's the biggest. I got a lot more advice to give, but I'm going to save that. You can hire me at no plan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you can reach out to me, uncle Bobby Jr. at me.com. And let's talk. Let's see if I can help you out with some social media coaching. All right. Next question we're going to go into because it has to do with what I want to talk about next. And the question comes from Andrew, and this is about the pay-per-view model for USDGC. God.
2: I I forgot. We've talked about so much stuff and we haven't even gotten it. I know. Oh, He says,
0: I personally don't like the idea of paying extra for an (sighs) event when already subscribing to Disc Golf Network. Now, I will be totally honest. I have got so much going on that I'm trying to get things focused on disc golf, but I didn't realize, I didn't understand what was happening as far as having to pay extra until probably Uh, the second day into USDZC when I was going to sign into my Disc Golf Network account to, to watch and check in. I didn't realize you had to pay more on top of what you've already paid. And I will admit, I'm usually the advocate that says, guys, you need to pay. But at first I was like, what the what? And I had to kind of pause and say, I had to kind of think through this. And I'm not sure how much I agree with the paying on top of paying for the coverage, especially since me now, I don't know. Did you guys know that was going to happen? Now you, Eric, maybe knew as a player or maybe you didn't, but Robert, I don't know. Did you know that you would have to pay extra?
2: No, but we've had to in years past. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a pay-per-view thing for a, for a little while. Um, I will say this about it. Uh, the The disc golf network was pretty clear about, what events were included and usdgc wasn't one of them that's true and and so for the people who are mad that they already paid that wasn't ever on the menu to start off with at least not that i remember and that's what they had to say about it um at at the same time i i didn't want to pay more for it i I would prefer to just stick with the subscription that i've already (laughs) that i've already got um but I, I paid it. I watched quite a bit of it. I probably watched two and a half or three rounds over the course of four days. Nice. Um, and it sucks that it crapped out when it did for me. It. Um, I didn't get to see the last bit of 18 or any of the playoff. So that was unfortunate.
1: Uh, I heard so- <laughs> it, that didn't happen for everyone though. I heard a lot of people. Right, yeah, yeah, hear so I heard people that. Watch.
0: Did you ref- no. did you try refreshing your browser? I heard a lot of people refresh their browser. No, and I, I forgot. I just I just sat there
2: and stared at it and hoped. Of course, I freaking refreshed my browser. Like, what? I turned I turned everything on and back on and or off and back on. And
1: yeah, I was I was try. Did you try not having it cut out?
2: Yeah, I did try that too. I took the cartridge out and went (laughs) and and put it back in. Slap on the top. Yeah, that didn't work either. I was pissed.
0: Did you tell and my she- Nintendo controller wasn't working did either. Did you tell so Shay all, to all stop? Of that was just a bad day. Did you tell Shay to stop watching Survivor reruns?
2: Dude, I did. <laughs> no, I I don't even have. There was no one else in my house taking bandwidth. It was just that it stopped working in my house, and oh, so I was very sad. So,
1: so I do think part of the paywall was constructed by the event itself that. It was probably less on Disc Golf Network. And why I say that is because we don't have Jomez coverage from this USDGC. So with that being said, there are things involved that most people don't know about. I don't even know about. This is all my speculation. And not surprised that a company who in the past has done this often is asking for you to give more money not surprised not surprised and by by any means it sucks I I think it does but at the same time I think what Robert said uh, and uh, about it was never on the menu so you can't be that mad at it mm, and then yeah. there's the other school of thinking of it is a good thing to show that kind of support granted if that all that money went to the people who run the events that kind of sucks i hope that mo- a good amount of that went to the camera crew people the the commentators and that's where that money went that a good amount of it actually went to make the broadcast what it was that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping and and also um in doing this like we really want to see that level of growth we want to we want to be able to understand the things being behind a paywall like the disc golf network it is incredibly important for when we go to get big outside sponsors into disc golf and in and um broadcasting people into disc golf them having a product that shows that they were able to get thousands upon thousands of viewers to buy in it shows that there is money in the sport and people are willing to support that sport so when they go to an ESPN or someone else they know that the them putting it together the broadcast is going to bring revenue to that company so that's why it's important that's why it's it's big to to not forget that as a consumer i it's tough it sucks but remember you can take it you you don't buy one disc a month and you can pay for that stuff it's so so buy
0: one disc period
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and it's paid for yeah yeah so Interesting stuff. Uh I di- I didn't think of that uh angle as far as them not mentioning it in the first place. So that makes that that uh kind of takes away uh the yeah, steam yeah. for me cuz that yeah, you you're right. If 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 they never mentioned that you would get it, then you really don't you don't have any sta- uh uh ground to stand on as far as getting mad yeah. about paying for the subscription. Um
2: That's never stopped people on the internet from getting upset about things before though. It's, that's too. fair. Reason, um,
0: logic. Yeah. No, oh, I don't don't common sense. Get out of here with that stuff. Um
2: I will say though, about the coverage, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I it dropped out for me, like I said, on uh, the end of 18. So I didn't get to see the playoff, but they did a they did a wonderful job. There was multiple holes being covered at once. Um, you know, on, on like on a bit of a delay, which was cool. Um, if it used to, if it didn't happen live, we didn't get it at the time. And so I know that uh Johnny V and, uh, and all that production team has been working to make that a little bit more seamless. And it was, it was wonderful. Um, so I, I thought the coverage was great. Um, I did see one person say that they think Philo is by far the best commentator in our sport. And there's not a close second. And that like, I didn't comment on that. I think Philo is doing a great, I think Ian does a great job. Juliana and Hannah were great, but to say that he's the best with, without a close second is, I disagree. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that there are, there are at least, if you want to say that he's your favorite, it's like, it's like flavors of soda, right? Mm -hmm. I like Dr. Pepper. I think it's the best soda. There are some people that like, and I think they're wrong, but to (laughs) them, it's the best. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's true. (laughs) To them, it's it's the best soda. And so for for people to argue about commentators and their quality, like there are some that I like to listen to more than others, but that doesn't mean that they're, like, infinitely it, better or worse than somebody else once you're to, to this, a certain standard.
1: It goes to the same standpoint of I was on one of Eagle's videos at some point this year or last year, and it was a pretty solid like two different camps of yes, we love having Eric Oakley. He's oh, this is why we he was there when we started the channel, all this stuff, we love it. And then there was like, kill him with fire, please. Like, it was there's no in between of like, yeah, it's like Eric was fine, but you know, whatever. We'll see you in the next video. Like there was no middle ground and that's how it is in, we're so polarized in so many different facets and it's funny to see it in, uh in videos. Uh, when I've been on oh, Joma's yeah. as I always, they always ask if I want to be mic'd up and I'm like, if nobody else does like I'll mic myself up, you're going to hear me anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need the right. mic, but uh, so, and again, same thing in the comment section of, a lot of people love it and they're like oh he'd be funny to have with you know german yuli on a practice round or we should do more with eric or then again there's the whole there's the camp of he needs to die in a fire like i just i just yeah. don't get it and and honestly if you don't like it don't watch it mute it like it doesn't matter like it, it gets to the point where people complaining in the comment section of videos is like it's like it they they live for it it's like this is not the place. Tell, no. your, tell your wife, tell your friends you don't like that. Posting about it on a video is so dumb. And it's so straight. <laughs> Go you're, into a disc yeah. golf discussion you're, you're or something yeah, on you're Facebook.
0: Always, you're always going to have so naysayers. Not worth naysayers are so just not worth part it. of life. So, But what I thought would yeah, be yeah. interesting, I don't know if you guys could think on your feet, how, how fast you can think on your feet, but see if we can play a little game based on the disc golf network and the, well, actually USDCC having a paywall on top of a paywall. What is a a game we're going to call other things in life that should have a double paywall? Okay, great. You ready? Okay, so I already already thought of one. I thought of one. Here we go. So, Krispy Kreme. So, Mm, you always walk into Krispy Kreme and it smells so delicious, right? Imagine walking up, paying for your dozen of donuts and get a 5% smell tax. In other words, you have to pay to smell (laughs) the donuts you just purchased.
1: It would not keep me from buying. This. It would not keep me. You- <laughs> <laughs> Never keep me from buying those donuts. <laughs> Low key, Tina and I uh get down on Krispy Kreme more often than we should.
0: Just yeah. just the plain oh, ones, sure. or or fancy. Uh, ones.
1: We I, I like the Oreo filled ones if mm. they have. Them, but, uh, I I do a I we go to Krispy Kreme and it does not matter what they have. We go. It's not like a. Ooh, what flavors do they have? Okay, we should go to Krispy Kreme. It's just like oh we'll they have flavors we, yeah. did, right. we got it i'm excited
0: are they still making donuts yeah we'll go
1: yeah I mean. yeah, yeah no, no
2: that sounds good um th- this already <laughs> occurs in in video games with microtransactions, right oh, yes yeah. where you where you get the game you know uh, and a lot of times it's on free-to-play games that's how yeah. i get you
1: mm-hmm. a-
2: as evidenced by me and rocket league owning a titanium white finnick same um yeah same same for eric i mean we're not talking like ridiculous money here but some it's people enough. don't. Some people don't like that very much.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything My else? Anything? Wait, them. what? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <Sarge. laughs>
1: anything uh, in
0: life me. that should have a double paywall?
1: Uh, gosh. I mean, what if they? What if like clothing stores started like charging you to try, try on the clothes? Ooh, oh, yeah. are worn now. They are worn. Like, like, how many clothes did you try on? That was six. Okay, cool. We're going to charge you, you know, fifty cents per. Clothing item you tried on? Try trying to try, on, like a, it, se, try it, on a
0: seventh pair of jeans and get ten percent off. Yeah,
1: totally. Like of your try on fee, of yeah, your, your try on fee.
0: fee. Yeah, just the try on fee.
1: I, I I could see stuff like that. Like, and that would be whatever it is, and people would hate it. But yeah, okay. The, the, I'm the gonna, paywall is fine in my opinion. Okay, I, I'm sport.
2: gonna I'm gonna say something. Okay, <laughs> understand that. I hope this never happens. Oh no. Okay, I pay for Netflix. Yes, right. All right, and there's a series on Netflix right now that I am not encouraging anyone to watch, but that I did. <laughs> okay, it's called Squid Game.
1: I've heard. I haven't I've watched never that. heard of that. Okay, it's, like, Bobby. it's all you will be. About
2: you will be fascinated about it when you see it. Okay, so I watched the first two episodes uh, while Shay and Owen were out of town, maybe on like Wednesday or something, and I finished the series today because it is intense. Now, the probably the cruelest double paywall would be on a show like that, you know, like a suspense filled one intense that's trend, show.
1: yeah, trending upward too.
2: Yes, yes. When you get to the last episode, they make you pay five more dollars. Oh yeah, I would have been hot, but I would have paid it so fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's that could be real. Like I, I've actually seen um, uh, some YouTubers, like from Wow videos or Rocket League videos and stuff like that. They they'll have some stuff towards mm. like uh, their subscribers uh, uh, on Twitch. Like they these are only video or. Patreon exclusive videos. And those are technically in that regard because uh, it's kind of a double paywall in some aspects like like there if you want to know how to, you know, musty flick in Rocket League and this guy's going to do a video about it, but he's only going to share it to his Patreon people and you're already subscribed to him on on YouTube and on Twitch, you're probably going to pay that little extra to get a monthly and see his extra videos. Like that happens a lot, and I—I I don't know. Supporting content, I think it's very good. I think we should do that. And I, the Netflix, but, thing. but Netflix, please
2: don't do that.
1: <laughs> Shut please up, Robert. Don't do, that. Uh, uh, do you know who would do that first? Would be Disney. Disney Plus would be the first oh, people to I do think, that.
2: <laughs> who, who, I think that. Uh, so Justin in the chat said, "You mean like Disney Plus and HBO Max with the new movie releases?" So maybe they already do that, where you pay the monthly. Membership and Me then you too. have to pay for the movie. Oh, well, yeah, that's but kind, the, of, a right, free that's kind of a pandemic.
0: Right, That's kind of a pandemic thing because then they, yeah. Or, no, it was before pandemic. Where, pandemic. They were testing out, uh, putting a movie out before it hit theaters and you would pay a premium to, to rent it at home. Um, but didn't Hulu used to do that with seasons? Like they would make seasons one, two, and three uh, available mm-hmm. for free, but then season four, the one that's the previous season you had to pay per episode. Yep. So mm-hmm. that was kind of what they did. So. All right, so let's okay. Move. Here's the last one. Last one. What do last you got? one? Okay,
2: <laughs> you're playing a disc golf tournament.
0: Uh-uh.
2: You get to the last hole of the tournament, and you're one shot out of the lead. You have the chance for Paul Macbeth to putt for you. Uh, I'm taking it, <laughs> oh, Paul. I'll pay you whatever.
0: I thought you were going to say mulligan. You can buy mulligans at the end, like add mulligans. Oh, that'd be cool then. too.
1: But, uh, but, then, low key, but then I'm low key, still. What, hold on. But what, what, then I'm still putting
2: ball? if I have a mulligan. <laughs> yeah.
1: What tournament, Paul?
2: Uh, you, yeah, I'll take USDGC, Paul. Thanks. Yeah, no
1: kidding. I don't. You don't uh, want. Honestly, don't want though, Music City, Paul. But USDGC, Paul uh, is absurd. Yeah, maybe so.
2: Honestly, Lo I'll key, take Worlds, Paul, too. Yeah, Worlds, Worlds, Paul put it insane. Yeah, he yeah. put it very well. Oh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Bobby. Sorry.
0: No, no, you're fine. So let's move on to the next section, uh, what we call, we haven't given an official name, but it's, uh, what are we working on? What are you working on? And actually, oh, we, had asked nice. this, we had asked this question of our audience, and we actually got an answer in from Isaac. He says he's going to go, going to sleep rather than starting something new late at night. That's so perfect. That's, That's a great positive habit. I know that what I've done on my phone is at, in fact, you can see it right now. It says, good evening bedtime is set so what it Mm -hmm. does is i have a bedtime set to where it actually shuts off my social media uh at a certain time so that i know i can't check social media and it just helps me
1: parent filter on your own phone
0: i mean you can do that if you're the parent
1: are you are you you parent controlling no there's
0: a feature called screen time it's not a parent thing
1: yeah it's a parent filter for sure
0: Anyway, I'm parenting myself so that I will my brain will wind down before the end of the night so that I'm not checking social media right before I go to bed. It's a very,
1: very good thing. Yeah. I make jokes, but it is important. All
0: right. So what else? What else are you guys working on?
2: Um, I'll I'll go. Uh I so Oakley and I talked about running a while ago, um, Mm -hmm. when he had just started running. And um, as as we talked about last week. After we had Owen, I had, or before we had Owen, I had lost very much weight, not on purpose. And then after we had him, I started eating crappy and stopped exercising. And what do you know? Nice. I gained weight. Dang. I wish that it, wouldn't it, happen. It happens. So um, I figured that running would be for me an easy way to uh, stay active. That's like kind of low commitment. You know, I, I don't have to drive to a gym to do it. I can just step outside, well, outside. my house and start going. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that now for probably two or two and a half months. And, um, it's been really cool to see, uh, just progress of like how much longer I can run, how much faster I can do each mile or whatever, like getting into where I'm getting negative splits. Most, most times where I start a little bit slower and then each subsequent mile is faster. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been working on is just staying up on, up on running and really asking like. Bobby, we talked about Atomic Habits, asking like, what what would a runner do? And then doing that thing. So I set my clothes up the night before, socks, shorts, shirt, hat, shoes, everything. I download whatever guided run I'm going to listen to on my watch the night before. So it is as convenient as it's ever going to be when I wake up in the morning to go run. It will never be easier to do than all of the work that I've done before. So that's what I've been working on.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a question that uh, I often have to ask myself when I think uh, about certain goals and that um, uh, what would the person I want to be do the thing I'm about to do, right? What is the person I want to be? I want to be the person in shape, healthy, able to play with my grandkids when I'm 80 years old. Um, what would that person do? do the thing i'm about to do they'd eat better they'd exercise they'd take care of themselves they'd get better sleep and so that's a question you can ask if you have to ask yourself every day in the mirror ask yourself that question what would the person i want to be do the thing i'm about to do wait can can you say that again what would the person i want to be do the thing i'm about to do
2: how would the person i want to be do the thing i how would the person
0: uh, how would, <laughs> I, I was sorry I, I wasn't following i'm with you how would a disc Off Answerman show exist if robert wasn't there without me, me? Yeah. Th-
2: that wasn't an intentional correction this time <laughs> i was i promise i was trying to catch no that's me.
0: a good that's a good correction i need that to be correct I'm with it and oh and then real quick the i just love what you mentioned about putting your your uh uh, uh your your stuff out for the next day and there's actually a term mm-hmm. that a lot of people might find helpful sorry i have this in my brain and i got to get it out yeah, let's uh, it's, get, it. It's, called get habit, it. it's called habit stacking. In other words, you already have certain habits, right? You get ready for bed. You brush your teeth. You may have your glass, uh, your little cup of tea, uh, whatever little routine that's already been in part of your life for the longest time. Basically, is that's what a habit is. It becomes like a routine, a habit. So, if you stack another habit, like Robert, in a sense, could, every time he brushes his teeth, he knows he grabs his running shoes and his running clothes and puts it out. And so, that becomes stacked with a habit you already do, and then it becomes a habit in itself.
1: Awesome. I dig it. I'm still running. Uh, I haven't, once I get home in the next day or two, I'll kind of have a better idea of what uh, my next plan uh, will be. But I do plan on... uh uh, incorporating, uh, some exercises along with my running. So instead of the, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of a run, it's going to be more like a 35, 40 minutes of a run plus, uh, a small workout, uh, to every single one. Uh, I also plan on working on, uh, some throwing after a week or so of being home. Uh, and, uh, I think a big part is working on, the future schedule uh, for 2022 and what that looks like. I plan on running some events uh, a lot more this upcoming season to get back into that as the world is less crappy. So I think that's going to be a really big part of the things that I will be working on, but I'm running every single day. got my run in, uh, even got my run in last night, late night. After we went, woke up, I woke up feeling awful. Checked out of the Airbnb, went to uh drove to Target, got some stuff for going on a float, did a four and a half or, or four point five mile float float that took way too long and like had to like kick and paddle in a tiny blow up <laughs> raft because the 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 river was not moving very fast. Um, so got extra work out there, then went to uh, uh, Kyle Deck's house for dinner didn't get home until like 10 o'clock and was like I have one thing I need to do right now it was go on a run it was like I have to run I've gotten to that point where it's like it would have been very easy to just oh no I'm good I missed go it sleep. yeah but I mean we're at like 168 days to I think today was 168 this is this is everything. This is a part of my routine, and I, I I thoroughly enjoy it. And for me, it's been it started as I needed to have those habits. Now it is something that I have to do every single day, and it does not matter when I do it. If it's morning, or if it's afternoon, or if it's late at night, it happens. And I think that I've I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. And if and again on those days where it is late and I've had a long day, ten minutes, ten minutes of running, one minute warm up, ten minutes of running. Once the once my timer says eleven minutes, I I stop and start my cooldown and focus on my heart rate and get my heart rate low. So that's that's part of why I'm running as well is to work on um, uh, being able to take my heart rate from a high stress situation like running or missing a birdie putt and having to and watching it roll away and getting in these moments, but then being able to bring it back down to be able to perform. Uh, and get back into it so that's a big part of uh, think- the focus as well
0: excellent all right guys thank you so much for tuning into this episode thank you to our youtube viewers please make sure you are subscribed if you're not subscribed already make sure you share this out to our audio listeners please be subscribed so you can check all check out all our interviews coming up i got drew gibson hannah Macbeth. i got uh, uh phil yes. uh, i'll learn his name how to pronounce his last name when i interview him <laughs> Um anyway we got a lot of interviews I'm reaching out to a, a few other people to do some interviews um also thank you a big big thank you to Dort Disk uh for sponsoring this episode make sure you show them some love by checking out their online store at dortdisk.com use code DGAM at checkout for free shipping that's just spelt D G A M just want to make sure that people understand how it works I thought you were going to spell the URL <laughs> Anyway, check that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, <colon. laughs> There's been some audiobooks that do that. I'm like, really? <laughs> Come yeah. on. Um, yeah, I, I actually get it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> anyway, also, if you want to show some love and support the show, uh, doing this on my own uh, since leaving Dynamic Disc, so show some love, patreon.com slash D, I'm spelling it out again for you, D-G-A-M. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one.